0: See if it was time for a break, and I really felt that the heat was getting to me. So I thought, time for a cuppa, have a bit of a break, reset. That didn't really work either, you know, just, heat's getting to me. So I got the feeling, especially on Friday, that maybe, just maybe, it was really, really hot. I mean, if your house melts, that's probably a bad sign. Even though it was really hot last week, though, I knew one thing. God loves me. Why he wanted me to be in a furnace for a week, I'm not really sure. But I know that he still loves me. I'm going to kind of shape and hone and around a little area. I'm going to look at how much God loves us, what we can do to share it and show it. So do you know that God loves you? I can't hear anything. That's better. Yes, but how much? How can we represent that? So maybe I could represent God's love like this. It's not really much, is it? So maybe if I had a couple of volunteers come up, maybe two people side by side, we can see if that's enough for God. No one? we'll step up one. But not too far. All right, is that enough to represent God's love? All right, maybe we need another two people. Come on, brave souls. It's not going to hurt. That's right. Excellent. All right, is that enough to represent God's love? All right, so we need two more people. So I think we're going to go down here because there's not enough space otherwise. So is this enough to represent God's love? No? What if, Christine, you went and touched or held hands with someone in the youth group? And on your end, you touch someone on that side, hold someone's hand over that side if we can reach. Is that enough to represent God's love for us? No, you're right. It's, it's not really going to work. So thanks, guys. I appreciate your help. So maybe, why don't we do something different and we look at maybe a number. So that's a big number. I don't actually know how, what you would call that number. It's that big. Accepting it still doesn't represent how much God loves us. It's just ones and zeros, lots of them. Truth is, we can't represent how much God loves us except by looking to the cross. Just think about this. God loves us so much that he created the universe. And in the universe, he created our solar system. And in our solar system, he created the earth. All... So that we had something to stand on, so we had a relationship with God. God loves us so much that he sent his one and only son to come to earth, be born like one of us, and die for our sins. But this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge it, but to save the world through him. John three, sixteen to seventeen, which I would say is some of the most famous Bible verses around. God loves us so much that He gives us free will, knowing that we might reject Him, that we might choose ourselves first. <laughs> as if He sent His Son to earth for us, even though He knew Jesus would be rejected. And He did this for us. In a few days, we're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus, Son of God. Saviour of the world. And that is excellent. That is awesome. But I have one question. What am I getting for Christmas? What am I going to have? I want something real. I want something tangible. Something that I can touch and see. Augustine of Hippo, in the early days of the church, said that you have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. And Blaise Pascal, in the 1600s, had a book called Thoughts, and he wrote this. What else does this craving and this helplessness proclaim that there was once in man a true happiness, of which all that now remains is the empty print and trace? This he tries in vain to fill with everything around him, seeking in things that are not there the help he cannot find in those that are. Though none can help, since this infinite abyss can be filled only with an infinite and immutable object, in other words, by God himself, they used slightly different language back then, so you could say, summing up both of those quotes, that we have a god-sized hole in our heart, and instead of trying to fill it with i don't know maybe God, we try and fill it with other things, with stuff, with experiences, with sensations that will never, ever ever fill the hole that is meant for God. We will just want more stuff and more and more and it just won't work. Jesus said in Matthew 16:26, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? <coughs> and I'm sure, if anyone remembers from Sam's a few years ago, this is a memory verse. I don't know if anyone wants to sing along or not, or I'll just say it. I'll just say it. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Matthew six nineteen twenty one. 21. I can hear murmuring. Hey, excellent. Good job, guys. Where is our heart at this time of year? Is it on stuff? Is it on things? Is it on Jesus and his sacrifice for us? Is it on the things that we're going to get in the next few days? Presents, provisions and pudding. Things for us, food for me, more food for me. That's pretty good, isn't it? Why weight loss books go extra good in the new year. Have we thought about others less fortunate than ourselves and what we can do for them? If we read one John chapter three, verses seventeen to eighteen, it says, If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions. And in truth, Proverbs 19:17 says, Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord and he will repay him for his deed. And James chapter one, verse 27 says that Rel- religion is pure and undefiled before God. The father is this to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. There are lots of other verses in the Bible about helping others. Such as Hebrews thirteen sixteen, Philippians two four, and James two fourteen to seventeen. God wants us to show his love by doing for others, sharing with others, helping others. Or as James says, helping them in their affliction. If we try to hold on to what we have, God can't give us anything else. Our hands are closed. But if our hands are open and giving, then God can give us more to bless people with. So I've got a few ideas that we can act upon now or in the future. If you're in the city, maybe you could swing by a place on 34 Whitmore Square. It's called Cafe Outside the Square. It's a not-for-profit cafe that provides hospitality training for underprivileged groups. And once the cafe closes to the public at night time volunteers from St. Vincent de Paul come in and they serve meals to the homeless. The food that you buy during the day buys the food that gets served to the homeless at night. Alternatively, you could go to a place called Lime Square Cafe in Light Square. You can buy a coffee there, but not for yourself. It's paying it forward. So you're buying a coffee for someone that will come in and say, I need something. And that will buy a coffee or a meal for someone. And they have supplied hundreds of meals to people that have needed them. You could cook a meal for someone in need. You could possibly ask the elders, do you know anyone that needs something like this? You could volunteer at Oz Harvest Adelaide in Bowden. They have a number of ways that need help. You can help deliver food. They have something called Cook for a Cause where you can make handmade pasta and salads and deliver them to communities in need. Maybe you can invite a single person from church, young or old, around for a meal or just for a chat and see how they're going. You could volunteer at an organisation called Pathway Community Centre, which is affiliated with Clovercrest Baptist Church, so they're not far away. They collect food from a variety of stores in the area and package it up and give it to people in need every day. Now, I've got a flyer at the back, and it has more details, and it has contact information for each of these, and it's got a few other ideas. And I can email it out if anyone would like me to. It's not an exhaustive, li- exhaustive list, by any means, but it's a start and it might help us think of other things that we can do for people as well. Jesus said in Matthew 22, 37 to 39, to love the Lord with your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. How better can you love your neighbour as yourself than to help them out when things are difficult? In keeping the first commandment, we are inspired and empowered to keep the second. Did you know that Arizona, a state in the USA, gets hot? Now, I didn't think it got that hot, so I looked it up. And it gets easily as hot as Australia does, especially in summer. David was leaving his job at St. Vincent's Food Pantry in Phoenix in Arizona when he saw a man outside crawling on all fours on the burning pavement in the middle of summer with socks on his hands. Now, obviously, this is not normal. So he ran over to the guy to say, what's going on? What's wrong? The man explained that due to a change of circumstances, he'd recently become homeless and he didn't have any shoes to protect his feet from the burning ground. So David went to his car, grabbed a spare pair of shoes, bottle of water, and he came back to the man and he washed his feet and he put the shoes on him. Now David keeps multiple pairs of shoes in his car because he has an office job and he works at the food pantry and different requirements. David said a lot of people have called him a hero, but he he said a lot of people give up on other people now. And it's the biggest problem. You don't have to empty your wallet. You don't have to do anything like that. You just need to do a simple, kind act. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them. Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. That was Jesus in Matthew 25 verses 35 to 40. George has already spoken about a little bit, but fires, we all know about them. I was doing a little bit of research. In New South Wales alone in the last couple of days, there have been over 10,000 people fighting the fires alone. Here in South Australia, it's over 1,500 people. Some of these firefighters are paid, but an awful lot of them are volunteers. These volunteers aren't at their jobs, especially in New South Wales. Some of these volunteers haven't been at their jobs for weeks. They're not in their businesses. They're not with their families. But they're out there fighting fires, helping to protect other people, other people's property. No matter where they're located, they've all given up a lot to help out other people. They've made sacrifices. And some firefighters in New South Wales have made the ultimate sacrifice and they have died. And I think that we need to pray for everyone fighting these fires. And I think we need to, as we did earlier, pray for the people that have been affected by the fires as well. If you pray with me. Father God... I can't comprehend the circumstances and where these people are fighting fires in such extraordinary weather. I just pray, Lord, that you can keep them safe, that you can keep them alert and awake so that they can keep themselves safe, so that they can help other people. I thank you, Lord, for their brave sacrifices and the commitment that they have made. Lord, I pray for the people that have been affected by fires and I pray that the community around them can gather together and help them out in their moment of need. Amen. God loves us no matter what we do. Sometimes we don't trust him. Sometimes we're deliberately disobedient. Sometimes we're quite self-centred. But he loves us so much that he sent his only son to die on the cross for us. Now, that's a lot of love. That's, Well, as we just discussed, that's an amount that we can't even comprehend. But, on a smaller scale, I have given you a Christmas present. Something to help you remember that God loves you. Now, I'm hoping that you noticed it when you sat down, but there was a rock on your seat. This is just a, a very small reminder that God loves you. I'd like you to take it home, put it on wherever you want to put it. Windowsill, obviously can't stick it on a fridge, but stick it on a table, take more than one. And when people come around, give it to them, share it with them. There's more in a tray at the back of the church if you'd like to take more or there's obviously empty seats so you can take some from there. I would like us to contemplate God's love and what he has done for us Will the music team come up And they're going to sing, How Deep the Father's Love for Us.
1: What a challenging message so far and there's more to come. But we're going to take this moment now to sing a song, How Deep the Father's Love for Us.
2: asked me to read well these asked me to read Matthew 14 verse 22 to 32 it's entitled Jesus walks on the water immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd after he had dismissed them he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray later that night he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from land But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me! Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God.
0: Thank you, Phil. We are Peter. We are afraid. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. But we hear Jesus and we step out. And amazingly, we don't sink. Life is difficult. Storms beat against us. But we keep our eyes on Jesus and we are fine. We are walking on water. Oh yeah! But then... We begin to have doubts. We take our eyes off of Jesus. We have issues that we either don't think Jesus needs to hear or we don't really want to share with Jesus because we're ashamed. Life gets more difficult. The wind is against us. And just like Peter, we begin to sink. The water is a little bit cold and chilly. And I think we have all been there. How about we read that passage again from verse 25 onwards. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me! Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Life is far from easy, and yet Jesus is there for us immediately. We just need to call out to him. Why then is he always the last resort and not the first resort? I recently read a book called Teaching from Rest by Sarah McKenzie. Actually, I've read it a number of times. It's actually about homeschooling, but it has a lot of principles in it that I think apply to everyday life just as easily. Sarah had this to say about the passage we just read. Maybe your task seems impossible. In fact, it probably is. So is walking on water. But Jesus didn't really seem to have a lot of trouble helping Peter out with that. Even Peter. Sinful, prideful, impulsive Peter. Kind of sounds a bit like us, doesn't it? The one who denied the Lord at his time of need the one whom the Lord called from a fisherman's small and insignificant life. If we cry out, Jesus will immediately reach out his hand. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Don't you dare take your eyes off of him, because you will surely sink. And when you do, cry out. Are you of little faith? Why did you doubt? He's got this. He always does. Thomas Akempis said to first keep the peace within yourself, then you can also bring peace to others. If we can love God with all our heart, all our soul and all our mind, then we can be inspired and empowered to love our neighbours as ourselves. Not just our immediate neighbours, Katie, Helen, Ian or whatever they may, whoever they may be called, but anyone that we meet in life. Every person Deserves to be treated as if God made them. Because He did. Every person is our neighbour. If we see someone in need, but we close our eyes or our ears, how can we say that the love of God is in us? The love of God should compel us to help one another. But we are only human. We need to try and not turn a blind eye, but approach them and help. Will it be easy? Sometimes? Sometimes? Not so much. Will it cost something? Almost always. Whether it's money, time or some other resource. Is it easy to help people? Some people find it much easier than others. Personally, I struggle with it a bit. My wife, on the other hand, she is a shining beacon of helping people. I am always in awe of how much and how easily she is prepared to help people. And I wish that I could be like that. God is love. We say this. Do we show it? We need to show it in our actions. We need to be God's earthly representatives and walk the talk. We need to live lives that are different to today's society and make people, what's so different about you? And it's not because you like this. This is how we show God's love to others. Jesus set the example for us in so many ways. We need to follow his lead and help the Peters in our lives. And we also need to keep our eyes on Jesus, always. God knows you. God knows me. He knows our hearts. And yet he still loves us. He sent his son to us to be born in the flesh, raised as a man, and to die for us so that we may be pure and blameless before God. That is what we are really celebrating at Christmas time. I'm going to finish up with a passage from Romans 8, verses 31 to 39. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. God loves us.